Just so everyone's crystal clear, this next show has some mature language. Viewer discretion is advised. On today's episode of Transistor Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. It was the perfect night for a riot in Greenwich Village. Hot. We're going to be celebrating International Women's Day in the transiest way possible. Who we are, how we got here, or the kind of women that we are. And like- By celebrating the trans women and femmes who have fought, loved, way of being together that changed the world, died. The P in Marsha's name stood for pay it no mind. Pushed. Y'all better quiet down. And helped shape the world we live in. The shit gotta stop. Period. I'm tired of hearing this. One of our girls have been killed. You know, it's amazing that they... If you don't already, you soon will. These are women like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, who ran and founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR, in New York City, and were key players at the Stonewall Riots and the intense organizing that followed. These are women like Miss Major Griffin Gracie, who was beside Sylvia Rivera at a gay rally in New York City in 1973, where Sylvia was booed off stage for her radical and anti-assimilationist ideas. Miss Major went on to work and eventually run the Transgender, Gender Variant, Intersex Justice Project, or TGIJP, in the Bay Area. These are women like Raina Gossett, modern-day prison abolitionist, intellectual, and organizer. These are women like Cece McDonald, who came to media attention after accepting a plea bargain for killing a man who attacked her and her friends. This landed her in a men's prison and as the subject of a popular 2013 documentary, Free Cece. This is Transistor Radio, helping mark International Women's Day this Thursday, March 8th, 2018. I'm your host, Eve Parker Finley. Now, what did you just hear? Anger? Annoyance? A crowd vilifying a public enemy? A radical? A crowd of angry gays shouting down a homophobe? Now, unless you are familiar with this infamous queer history time capsule, you might be surprised to hear the answer. You might be just as surprised to hear about the deep divides in gay and trans organizing, historically dating back to Stonewall, and presently. The FUs and the calls to shut up come from a group of gay power activists. Now the target of this crowd's boos and shouts was none other than Sylvia Rivera, fiery, passionate, and dedicated activist and founder of the legendary Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR. In 1973, she stormed the stage at a gay pride rally in New York City after being forbidden from speaking. Her speech stands as a stark reminder of the deep divides between trans and gay organizing, divides that persist today. But her speech is also a call to action. It's an invitation to stand together in solidarity with those most marginalized and a reminder to not simply fight for those privileged members of the gay community. Yo! 
everybody quiet down. I've been trying to get up here all day for your gay brothers and your gay sisters in jail. They write me every motherfucking week and ask for your help. And you all don't do a goddamn thing for them. Have you ever been beaten up and raped in jail? Now think about it. They've been beaten up and raped after they haven't spent much of their money in jail to get their cell phones and try to get their sex change. The women have tried to fight for their sex changes or to become women of the women's liberation. And they write star, not the women's group. They do not write women. They do not write men. They write star because we're trying to do something for them. I have been to jail. I have been raped and beaten many times by men, heterosexual men that do not belong in the homosexual shelter. But do you do anything for them? No, you all tell me to go and hide my tail between my legs. I will not no longer put up with this shit. I have been beaten. I have had my nose broken. I have been thrown in jail. I have lost my job. I have lost my apartment for gay liberation. And you all treat me this way? What the fuck's wrong with you all? Think about that. I do not believe in a revolution. But you all do. I believe in the gay power. I believe in us getting our rights or else I would not be out there fighting for our rights. That's all I wanted to say to your people. If you all want to know about the people that are in jail and do not forget Bambi Lamore and Dora Marks, Kenny Messner and other gay people that are in jail, Come and see the people at Starhouse on 12th Street, on 640 East 12th Street, between B and C, apartment 14. The people that are trying to do something for all of us and not men and women that belong to a white middle class, white club. And that's what you all belong to. Revolution now! Give me a G! Give me an A! Give me a Y! Give me a P! Give me an O! Give me a W! Give me an A! Give me an O! So what about Star? Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries was a radical organization dedicated to supporting and taking care of sisters who were sex workers and street involved. Sylvia Rivera, along with her friend Marsha P. Johnson, pooled what money they had, working the Johns of Times Square. Keep in mind, this is 1970s New York City, way before the Disneyfication of Times Square. 
when Times Square was alight with adult, adult movie theaters, cruising hotspots, and plenty of sex workers and johns. Now, Sylvia and Marsha took what money they had to create this organization that provided shelter, food, community, and support for trans people of all stripes. Chelsea Goodwin and Bob Kohler, friends of Sylvia's, talk more about Star and Sylvia in a video tribute created by her friends. The one aspect of Sylvia's activism going all the way back to 1970 in Star House was the specific issue of dealing with the homeless transgender population. And Star House came out of the organization, organization Star, which stood for Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, and it was the uh, brainstorm of Sylvia, Marsha P. Johnson, and Bubbles Rose Lee. Marsha and Sylvia got a hold of this building and they were using it, it's sort of the model for Transy House here in fact, as a uh, kind of collective place for the uh, trans girls that were out living on the street, you know, homeless. Marsha and Sylvia mothered them, I mean they mothered everybody, so I considered Sylvia to be my mother, everybody in this house called her Ma, I mean she was... Uh, that's what she was. So what about Marsha? Marsha, oh, Marsha. Well, to talk about Marsha, we first need to talk about that infamous night. June 28th, 1969, New York City. For whatever reason, I have no idea what that was. No one can tell you definitively, well, this is what it was, and this is why it happened. There is no what it was, why it happened. It was just the right time and the right place. It was the perfect night for a riot in Greenwich Village. Hot, muggy. Like most nights, the queer kids who'd been kicked out of their homes ended up on Christopher Street. One of those kids was named Marsha P. Johnson, and today was her birthday. Now, the voice you heard speaking earlier about the Stonewall Riots was the one and only Miss Major Griffin Gracie. We'll get to her later in the show. Now, Marsha Pay It No Mind Johnson was another infamous activist and founder of the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. Now, she was also the site of heated debate around the much chagrined 2015 movie Stonewall, which drew harsh critiques for its fictional portrayal of an all-American, hot, white, gay guy as the central character and person to throw the first brick at the Stonewall riots. This, along with the movie's bad dialogue and, frankly, boring character development, made the movie ripe for criticism from the community. But it was not for only reasons of representation and metaphor, but also fact. Many have said that Marsha, in fact, was the one to throw the first brick at Stonewall. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. 
Marsha, or rather, the telling of Marsha's story has also been the site of criticism and controversy many times. The 2017 Netflix documentary, The Death and the Life of Marsha P. Johnson, drew criticism from the community after activist Raina Gossett accused filmmaker David France of stealing content from her work. Gossett at the time had been working on getting her own documentary, Pay It No Mind, produced alongside collaborator Sasha Wurzel. Here's a quote from Raina Gossett's Instagram about the controversy. Quote, This week, while I'm borrowing money to pay rent, David France is releasing his multi-million dollar Netflix deal on Marsha P. Johnson. I'm still lost in the music, trying to hashtag pay it no mind, and reeling on how this movie came to be and make so much money off our lives and ideas. David got inspired to make the film from a grant application video that at Sasha Wurzel and I made and sent to the Kalamazoo slash Arcus Foundation Social Justice Center, who worked there. I shit you not. And he said he should be the one to do this film. Got a grant from Sundance, Arcus, using my language and research about Star. Got Vimeo to remove my video as Sylvia's critical y'all better quiet down speech, which we heard earlier. Ripped off decades of my archival research that I experienced so much violence to get. Had his staff call Sasha up at work to get our contacts, then hired my and Sasha's advisor to our Marsha film, Kimberly Reed, to be his producer. And that's just the shit I have the spoons to name. Trust me, there's so much more. This kind of extraction, excavation of black life, disabled life, poor life, trans life is so old and so deeply connected to the violence Marsha had to deal with throughout her life. So I feel so much rage and grief over all of this. And Star must have some serious level plan on moving through many and clearly by any means necessary to get the message out. So tonight, I'm channeling High Priestess energy to show me the honey throne, because this Storm Queen is disappointed-faced, sad-faced, stressed-out-face. But who is Raina Gossett? Let's talk about her. Director of the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, former director of the Welfare Organizing Project at Queers for Economic Justice, Raina Gossett is a contemporary artist, activist, and writer who does work around justice for queer and trans people of color, for prison abolition, and for economic justice and liberation. She may be one of the present, but she's always interested in what the past has to say. So a lot of my work is grounded in moments that are not right now, so that whether that's the 1960s or 70s or whether it was the 1800s looking at times when people who were facing kind of similar conditions came together and had a way of being together that changed the world and just learning from those to me they've been sources of incredible inspiration so looking at how after the 1969 Stonewall riots a group of trans and gender nonconforming people 
who were largely disabled, people of color, um, low income, who were doing sex work, came together and started a group called Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries that really had a huge impact on their lives, right? So they supported each other by creating spaces where people could live and work and have food. Um, and it's not really a well-known moment of history of New York. And so I'm always going back to that moment and thinking about, well, if they were doing a particular kind of strategy, maybe I should try to do that. You know, if they were doing storytelling to change the world, maybe that's something that I want to try doing. If they were um, having parties, you know, for fundraisers for larger issues, maybe that's something that, um, you know, would uh, be generative for me. Now, one of the people that Raina Gossett has worked with a lot over the years, and the next fabulous tea girl that we would like to highlight is the one and only Cece McDonald. One thing that I think about when, when I'm listening to you is I think about how racism, how the violence of poverty and transphobia put mm -hmm. people, put us into impossible situations, mm -hmm. right? Where there's no good option, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's um, having to deal with an attacker mm -hmm. or whether it's having to navigate like what kind of violent um, prison facility am I going gonna have to go into it's like right. we are faced with impossible situations all the time exactly. and, that's, and that's like one of the violences of transphobia and racism and poverty and classism um, and the fact that like you're such a resilient person you know what I mean <laughs> what advice do you have for other people who are trans gender non-conforming who are locked up currently to, to deal with PTSD to deal with um, the feelings that come with being placed in impossible mm -hmm. situations, having to navigate impossible situations. I keep hearing you say love is like yeah, such a central lo love thing. Love is very essential. It's, it's, it's the key to life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it would keep us, you know, healthy. It's what keeps us alive. It would keeps us um, wanting more from life. And um, it's, it starts with you. Like you have to love yourself before you mm -hmm. can love anyone or anything. Mm -hmm. And so a part of me didn't love myself no more after that because I felt like I did something really bad. And like there there was nothing that I could do that could fix that. And so I, I literally just stopped loving myself. And it, it for me to know that Again, like I said, I had to forgive myself. Then I had to forgive him for, you know, attacking me for no reason. And then I have to forgive uh, all the other people who were there and like okay. deal with that and then deal and then slowly go through this healing process that's like never ending. Me personally speaking and speaking to other trans people in prison, I feel like, especially trans women, I feel like that healing process, that renewal process, it starts with loving yourself and then finding out who you are as a person. What do you love? You know, like, right. what are your hobbies? Yeah, Just getting to know yourself. In that time, I've learned who I was as a person. Like, I've learned what really ticks me off. I learned to be more vocal about how I feel mm -hmm. and be more expressive and 
and not be afraid to hug a person. That's why any anytime I meet somebody, I hug them mm -hmm. because it's like you want to you want to let that person know that there is love in the world, even if it's just for that one second or that those five seconds that yeah. you hug. And it's you know something that you know I've never done. I've I've never like let people right. touch me or right. get into my bubble. But you know I think that's what what made me a better person because. It helps me build those relationships with people again and learn to trust people, you know, because yeah. once somebody, well, uh, if a stranger just attacks you, it makes you feel like any stranger will attack yeah. you. And yeah. so I, and, and I got really weary of being around people and just, I wouldn't come out the house. Mm -hmm. I was just really, really scared. But I've, I use my love to kind of guide me through those fears and kind of like, you know, say it's okay to love a person or it's okay mm -hmm. to, you know, because, you know, a lot of times people might try to steal your joy and you got to make sure that you know how to keep that for right. yourself right. and be able to give that to somebody else so they can do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. To pay it for it. Yeah. 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 Cece rose to infamy when in June of 2011, she was attacked outside a bar in Minneapolis. Her assailant, who had been shouting racist, homophobic, and transphobic slurs at her and her friends, hurled a glass bottle at her face, resulting in a gash that required stitches. In self-defense, Cece stabbed him with a pair of scissors, resulting in a fatal injury. Cece was arrested and convicted of second-degree manslaughter, then sentenced to 41 months in a men's prison. She was released in January 2014 for good behavior after serving two-thirds of her sentence. I'm really definitely focused on my education and, you know, rebuilding my life. I actually have to start over with everything. So it's really hard, but, you know, I can't complain. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people in prison don't have that opportunity. So I'm going to utilize everything that I have to its fullest and greatest ability. But also, I want to get into, like, social service. And, um gender studies and things that can kind of educate me on these issues in our society that can make my activism work more like groundbreaking, hard hitting. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to educate myself more from what I did in prison. I want to educate myself more about these issues in our society and how can I, as an African-American trans woman, attack these issues and who's going to join me. I felt like <laughs> as a trans woman, to, to say you got your GED, to say you're in college, and to say you have an apartment is like a big accomplishment. The discrimination and injustice that we face um, every day, not just, you know, in the criminal justice system, but literally every day in this society, you know, I think people can kind of understand that, you know, to kind of back off a little, you know what I'm saying? Like, let us live, let us explore, let us 
you know, be able to live within our bodies and be comfortable and not have to deal with, you know, trans misogyny and, and, and discrimination and hypersexualization of our bodies every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a woman before I'm anything. And, you know, respect that. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just assume things because you see this body, you know, because I'm more than just my body. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a worker. I'm an activist. You know what I'm saying? I'm a student. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a daughter. I'm a granddaughter. You know what I'm saying? Like once people t kind of attach those things back to me, then they can understand why it's so hard and, you know, why I struggle and why we struggle. There aren't any places that are willing to employ trans women unless you're passable or, you know, like, it's hard for trans women to go to school if they didn't complete it. You know what I'm saying? And like the fear of being in society that kind of, you know, give trans women the lack of education and um, kind of prevents us from growing in society. And so, again, once people kind of attach our humanity back to us and let us live and let us you know, figure out what's best for us and, and, and not so much people, you know, telling, telling us what, what or where we need to be, then we can grow, you know what I'm saying, as women, as trans women. And I mean, that's the most important part of it all. I wish Pride was more focused on just that, that the Stonewall movement were was led by trans women and that that needs to be acknowledged. You know what I'm saying? Because gay and lesbian people have become so mainstream that people fail to realize what that movement was about and, and who led that movement. And that, you know, I feel like the LG and B of the community kind of like kicked us to the side was like, Get out of our picture. You're no longer part of this. This is our time to shine. I remember um, Janet Mock had came to Minnesota and I went to see her speak. Um, and she played a clip of Sylvia Rivera talking at that time. Um, and she pretty much said that, like, how dare you tell me that I can't be here when I am fighting for you. I am standing up for you. If we can't control ourselves and find common ground within our own selves and within our own community, then how do we expect to challenge other people who are already against us when we're against each other? There are so many alternatives to actually just putting a person in prison, um, but, it's, but people don't actually see that because it's like, if you're in prison, you're in prison for a reason, which is not totally not the case. And also that I feel like people feel like if the issue isn't directly affecting them, then they don't care. And so when people kind of put aside their pride and their ignorance and educate themselves about the prison industrial complex, and again, those things that I say are invested within the prison industrial complex, then we can kind of figure out how to find alternatives to incarceration.
You're listening to Transistor Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Eve Parker Finley. This is Women's International Women's Day, March 8th, 2018. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more profiles of famous, important trans women from the decades. We'll be right back. Tired now, but I'm off a pill. Snowstorm when I touch down. Pinky swear I won't leave you now. Strobe lights on a cold night. Candy hearts and my pupils white. Back of my throat, bittersweet. Full body every time we meet. I feel your heartbeat through your lips every time the hammer hits. Just hold me like you know me in the dark, bright, and the cold heat. And we swim out where the ocean meets the horizon's peak. Cheek to cheek, cheek to cheek. Cheek to cheek, cheek to cheek
Welcome back. You're listening to Transistor Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM, Montreal's only all-trans talk show. Today, this International Women's Day, March 8th, 2018, we're talking about revolutionary trans women from over the decades. In part two, we're going to be focusing on the one and only Miss Major Griffin Gracie. Because when they came to get us out of there, nobody moved. They started chanting, don't arrest the girls, don't arrest the girls. And something happened, either something like a boom. I don't know if it was a firecracker. They say someone threw a beer bottle. Someone else did. Someone, one of the girls took her heel and broke one a play glass window. I don't know what the hell it was. All I know is that all of a sudden, everybody was fighting. And I had learned from being in jail that if you're in that kind of situation, the thing to do is to piss the police off so he knocks you out then you don't get hurt, you know, because if you stand there and fight them, they will break every bone in your body. So I got knocked out early, came to as they were dragging me, <laughs> dragging me and putting me in the back of some car. And then we went to court and they let everybody go, you know. And so it happened that next night. <laughs> Three nights this went on. It changed things forever. And to today, we still, as transgender people, do not get the respect from the gay and lesbian community that we deserve. It gets annoying that these gay people are like, oh, Stonewall, you know, faint and all that shit. So what about the transgender people? What about the folks that were there that were fighting, you know? We were there, acknowledge that. I'm glad that I finally got to an age where I can just tell them to fuck off. And they can't say shit to him, but she's old. Just leave her alone. That's right, I'm old, I'm bitter, I'm annoyed, I'm angry. Y'all didn't treat us right then, you're not treating us right now. So I don't have time for that. Oh, Miss Major Griffin Gracie, what to even say? Well, let's just listen to what she has to say more, this time from a protest in the Bay Area in 2015. You know, when they're talking about Black Lives Matter, they seem to forget that ALL Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about the soap in the supermarket. I'm talking about each and every person of dark skin, period. We all matter, whether you happen to believe who we are or how we got here or the kind of women that we are. And like it was said earlier, as far as women go, we're the tough bunch of bitches. We've taken a lot of shit off these motherfuckers, and we're here to help you all do the very same thing. The shit gotta stop. Period. I'm tired of hearing this. One of our girls have been killed. You know, it's amazing that they shoot somebody and then everybody runs over there to take care of it. They kill a black girl and they walk around the bitch and go on to the store. Stop walking around. Stop for a minute. Realize what the hell is happening because we're a part of each and every one of you. No matter what you believe in, two of whatever started it. So realize that because if you don't think this is happening to you, think again. Tomorrow it could be. We don't know what's coming. We only know what's past. And if you look at what's past, it ain't been pretty. So get your head out your ass, get yourself together. If we are the masses and the masses must move, then fucking move. You're a mass, move mass. Do something. Get off your ass and get this shit taken care of. 
there's too many of us out here suffering that something can't be done. No matter what it is. Think about it. Work with somebody else. The chance and all the stuff that you have learned today has been really a wonderful thing. But keep in mind, when you get home, talk to your friends about it. Talk to your family about it. Spread the word. Use this shit like butter on bread. Spread it and pass it on to somebody else. Share this shit. Stop this crap. Make sure they realize we're here without going no fucking where. I'm not going down without a goddamn fight. Now, if those words don't inspire you, I don't know what will. Miss Major Griffin Gracie, often referred to simply as Miss Major, is a trans activist and community leader for transgender rights with a particular focus on women of color. She serves as the executive director for the Transgender Gender Variant Intersex Justice Project, TGIJP, in the Bay Area, which aims to assist transgender people who are disproportionately incarcerated under the prison industrial complex. Mrs. Major has participated in activism for a wide range of causes throughout her lifetime, including the 1969 Stonewall Riots in New York City. Now, Ms. Major moved to San Diego in 1978 and organized community efforts and grassroots movements. She initially, initially started with work at a local food bank and later provided direct services for trans women who were incarcerated, suffering from addiction, or homeless. While in San Diego, the AIDS epidemic struck the United States. And as part of her service, Ms. Major found herself providing additional health care and doing multiple funerals each week. Ms. Major then moved to the San Francisco Bay Area in the mid-1990s, where she served on multiple HIV-AIDS organizations, including the Tenderloin AIDS Resource Center. In 2003, Ms. Major began working at the Transgender Gender Variant Intersex Justice Project, TGIJP, shortly after it was founded by Alex Lee, although sometimes she is credited as the founder. She served as the executive director of the project, leading efforts to support transgender women who have been imprisoned, particularly women of color. Both within her organization and without, she has fought against criminalization and police brutality. She is credited for leading direct service efforts and personalized care to incarcerated trans women of color with TGIJP, in addition to her leadership in previous organizations. She was also the subject of a beautiful 2015 documentary called Major, the story of one woman's journey, a community's history, and how caring for each other can be a revolutionary act. The documentary also featured amazing soundtrack by Star Amarasu from the Bay Area. We heard a track that Star was featured on during the break, and we're going to hear another song from her later in the show. Now, if we've learned anything from Cece McDonald, from Raina Gossett, from Sylvia Rivera, from Marsha P. Johnson, and from Miss Major. It's to give, and it's to fight, and it's to love. If you want to give to Miss Major's monthly giving circle and help fund her retirement, you can find um, that page on www.gofundme.com slash Retirement. You can also check out the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, um, on the internet, as well as the TGIJP in the Bay Area. Um, as we started this show, we said these are names that you should know, but you might not know yet. I hope that you do now, and that you put in your own research into these trans women and femmes, and into other trans women and femmes throughout history, um, and who are living today around you. It's important not to just 
focus on celebrities and activists, but also the people around us that make our lives possible and make our futures possible. So there you have it. Five legendary trans women who deserve to be celebrated this March 8th, International Women's Day 2018. Remember, if your feminism doesn't support trans women or street-involved women or sex workers or people of color or stands in solidarity with every woman marginalized and oppressed in this society, then it is, to borrow some choice words from the Parkland, Florida teens, BS. Or if your feminism doesn't do those things, maybe you should... Borrowing some words from Sylvia Rivera. Y'all better quiet down! Thank you for listening. We're here every second Tuesday of the month and would love to have you join us again next time. Thank you to the Trans Oral History Project, the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, the Laura Flanders Show, and the We've Been Around Project for some footage and inspiration. The music you heard was from Erica from the Bay Area and my good friend and collaborator Jess Manigan Head of Lonely Boa, as well as Star Amarasu. I hope you've enjoyed the show. This is Transistor Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. I'm Eve Parker Finley. You can find me posting sparing selfies on Instagram at, at allabouteveparker. See you next time. Yeah.
starts up in my head All of these thoughts don't want to dread Run, run, hide, hide Don't make me decide Run, run, hide, hide Don't make me decide
Little bird, little bird, little bird. 